Are you looking for some music to rock the fuck out to? Then go over to cmsradio.net, cmsradio.net. There's three stations there, one with the 24-hour classic metal show and two with streaming music, one of them being Uncontrolled Noise, the other being the Shock Waves Radio. So get over there today and rock out. You are about to enter the Shockwave Skull Sessions podcast on shockwaveskullsessions.com. And now your host, Bob Nalbandian. Merry Christmas. I'm uh, in the Christmas spirit. I'm drinking some eggnog and rum right here. All right, cool. Yeah. Ah, and before we get started, we got Mr. Eric Braverman. I should do a proper announcement here. First time. We've uh, had Mr. Braverman, and uh, you know I've been I've been meeting a guest. We've been we've known each other for years. Everyone's like, dude, oh, don't get Braverman on your show. Watch <laughs> out for Braverman. Oh, you don't want to get Braverman. It's like, you know what? Dude, you have been nothing but great to me. You said nothing but great. Man. Supported, supported the uh, Inside Metal DVDs and uh, movies, and you got me probably perhaps the greatest award. A man could get the best documentarian. Thank you very much from Heavy Metal TV Awards. Yeah, Heavy Metal um, Television is doing good, but I'm like kind of I'm pretty much retired. That's what I hear, man. And we'll get into your retirement. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I heard you out recently on Brandon's Metallicast, and uh, that got me going. It's like, you know what, man? I, I got to get Braverman on. You know, you were said some yeah. nice good things about me, including calling me a. Uh, Harsh Dick Taskmaster, which uh, which I kind of like. Actually, you know, do you have any horses? <laughs> I do not. Well, do you know why I'm asking? Uh, is it does that have to do with the Nelbandian name? Yeah. What's more uh, metal than making horseshoes? Dude, you looked. You did some <laughs> research there. Wow. I research. I didn't research that. I'm, I got. What if I got to play Jeopardy tomorrow? I got to be ready, man. That's right. Well, you are, we're going to get into that. I know you are very knowledgeable about not just all things metal, but all things, well, I guess horseshoes are metal. That is pretty metal. And of course. Oh, yeah, dude. Blacksmithing. <laughs> Nelbandian. You know what? I always say nothing is more metal than Nelbandian. So yeah, there you go. Varying. Uh, <laughs> I think they call, they call it varying. Right. Right. That's, <laughs> dude, you, uh, you know your shit. Well, so for those that don't know, yes, the the name Nelbanyan actually comes from um, horseshoe making. Where is it day. from? Where, where is it Ar from? Armenian. Armenian. Armenia. Yes. Good. <laughs> yes. So, Mr. Braverman. So, Mr. Now. Retired Man. Yeah, yeah. Heavy, heavy Metal TV is still going strong. Yeah, heavy yeah, Metal Television. You know, it's, like, it's like running right now if you're bored, you know, like free. It's still the world's only internet television network. There's no other one in the world where you just go to a dot-com and it turns your computer into a TV and the dot-com is the spot on the dial. There's no buttons to push. It's free. Five minutes of commercials. But, um, yeah, after dealing with, like, Monty Connor, Tracy Vera, Missy Colazzo, Tom Hazard, like, I'm done. <laughs> well, I was going to say, you went through a lot of different uh, sponsors. I know, like you said, Metal Blade, Brave Words, I think, did a uh, – uh, Metal Hammer, I think, sponsored well, that yeah, but I was, That's what led. That's what led to heavy metal television. What was going on was, 
Oh, no, I'm would, thinking of EB. I'm thinking Killing Time Productions. No, 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 you're right, but we were doing the greatest music ever created and how right. it ruined our live show. And I did that through Brave Words and Bloody Knuckles. And Tim, who's awesome, Canadian's number, Canada's number one metal fan, he was Tim scared. Henderson, absolutely. Henderson, yeah. He was scared of, like, you know, the mischief and stuff. The part where, you like you said at the beginning, oh, Phoebe comes on, you might have to go <laughs> sleep in a graveyard or... He, he enjoys infant flesh. So yeah. then I went to Metal Hammer, and um, what was that guy? Uh, Milas or Alex Milas? Right, from Germany. What a bastard. No, he was actually in London Okay, running Metal Hammer, and then when they changed everything around, I don't know where he went. And I was like, God, I'm doing a free show with Million selling. You know, it's Joe Elliott on the show with me. I don't use those magazines to set up my interviews. I never asked them, hey, Hey, brave words and bloody knuckles or metal hammer set up an interview for me. You know, I just set up my own interviews and then they'd be like, Oh, Christine Muldering, you know, from Slayer's office who manages Mastodon said that you tried to do an unauthorized Chuck Billy episode. And I'm like, What the fuck? <laughs> unauthorized. I was like, Chuck Billy was forcing marijuana on me at the time. That day that that happened, I was like, I'm done with these goofs. So let's just make something we can control. Nothing has a pure heavy metal uh, playlist. You know, everybody like dilutes it or pollutes it somehow. Like we'll play Van Halen and I like Van Halen. and I've had some laughs with the Van Halen gang, but I won't play Van Hagar. Right. You know, we'll play Def Leppard, but we're not going to play Poison or Bon Jovi. Right. Well, dude, I like I like heavy. I'm a watcher of heavy metal television, and I like the variety from the thrash to the uh, you know to the more um, you know mainstream <laughs> metal. And, but it's just everything all across the board. Great yeah, stuff, I mean, man. Yeah, it's fun. You know, we've still yet to play an Anthrax. We're pretty proud <laughs> of that. And that was all the last right, thing you know. That guy that managed the, or them, Mar. Do you remember Mar? Was it Tim Mar? He managed Anthrax for a long time. Tom Moore? Tom, yeah, Tom, Tom, Tom. Oh, he, he passed away recently. Yeah, yeah, but he last with Guns N' Roses. The last thing we were talking about was this and how funny yeah. he thought it was. And He what, was a great dude. I knew him back in when he, he started at KNAC back in the, uh, well, when KNAC first started the uh, hard rock metal format. And what yeah. a great dude he was. And then well, he started I mean, working with Slash. Normal. Yeah, yeah. The funny it's part sad. was a lot of people would be like, how come he gets to manage these bands or whatever? And he did the lowest commission of any manager. Right. I could see that. Like managing anthrax for like 1% or something. Yeah. Stuff. <laughs> I believe it. I mean, so then, then after, so we started, heavy, we started heavy metal television out of that. And that's, we just had our eighth anniversary party. Right. Uh, already. Whoa. Um, and not that fun a party because we really can get nutty with the COVID and all that. Sure, sure. Oh, dude, I lost 1,200 Live Nation concert tickets in one market this summer from COVID. Wow. So what's your association with Live Nation? Are you? I, just- uh, hey, hey, EB, will you help us promote the Godsmack show? Oh my God. So just in Arizona locally? or I, like- do, I, do, I do it because it's so easy for me here, but I can set it up for anybody. Like you right. could be the LA guy. Mm. 
But it's been really hard getting people to do stuff. Like if you can't get Monty Connor, Tracy Vera, Missy Colazzo, or Tom Hazard to do anything, how the hell? You're a controversial guy, EB. Don't you realize that? Live Nation, I think, is more successful than those people. True, yeah. And they don't even question anything I do ever, period. Well, you got an association with Brian Slagle, right? I do. And what was funny, he was the first person I called starting heavy metal television. He, he said, do whatever you want to do. And then all they would do ever was give me a link to all their videos. That was so insecure that I could have took every metal blade video and then stole it and then blocked them out of it. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah. So I did, I but trust like, Tracy Vera and like, you know, Vince Edwards or any of those people, they never want to do anything that would that would cause them to be creative or put effort in or care about music. Yeah, Tracy, well, I think, yeah. hurts more than helps the music scene. Yeah, I, I like Tracy. Uh, I, I would like Tracy to. But what is what, why is she grouchy? She was grouchy you know, before I met her. Yeah. The first time I ever saw her, I was like, who's that grouchy lady? <laughs> but you know the, the art department of metal blade you, you bring art. out the grouchiness out of people but my art i think you have the cool but uh uh <laughs> you know my art department is the same you know so my art department is the same as metal blade it's a one person guy right who's done every metal blade thing and, and i mean i i treat him better than they do mm. all right well, and then like that, Monty Connor, just ouch. Why are you playing our music videos? Just that right there from Nuclear Blast. He said that? His company, and he I basically guess. would not support anything or he's pretended it wasn't a thing. And we have people that have known him that we know, yeah, like know neutral people, but like neutral people, so they don't have to deal with right. me. Well, my question are you um are you licensed to BMI and ASCAP yeah. and all that? I've never missed a payment in eight years. Yeah, if you're as long as you're licensed and doing that, I mean, there's internet. Go ahead. Why would Missy Colazzo, which actually was the last thing that Tom Marr said to me with anthrax and all his dealings with her? One of the last things he said to me is like, Missy is not your friend. You know, I'm your friend. I'll tell you, she's not your friend. She'd rather shoot herself in the foot than help heavy metal television. I'm like, I'm helping. I don't charge bands or fans. I've never right. charged a band or a fan. Yeah. Well, dude, you are a very controversial guy in this business. I mean, starting going all the way back to well, I don't this know what I'm movie, doing. Metalomania. Yeah. I mean, look at it. And especially, I mean, you 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 have to understand. Oh, I do. I like it. No, oh, no but saying, I like it. you know I the way the business has changed. Yeah. You know the way society has changed, and all the political correctness and everything yeah. else yeah. that's going on in within not just the music business. I'm talking, that. dude. Look at if you're a comedian these days. Look at oh, yeah. anything. Yeah. I mean, dude, it's it's a whole different ball game. And, and really I've always said this about you, and I've always appreciated this about you. You are a unique guy. You you are still like the 18 year old metal kid that. I think everyone kind of wants to be, but can't. Right. And you still do what you do, even though you could be an obnoxious asshole to a lot of people. And people, uh, you know, will find you controversial. They don't want to make dealings with you because it could affect their business or whatever. But you do what you do. And it's good that you do that because you need that. You need that balance in the business. And I've always said that about you. But you got to realize, 
us, you know, most people, I could do that. I'm not married. I don't have kids. I got nothing to sacrifice. So I could be an obnoxious asshole too or whatever. Well, I have a small family. Yeah. Well, what I'm saying is I've got nothing that they could, I mean, all these other people could have, if you're, if you have a big business, especially with something like Metallica or ACDC or even Slayer, which is a huge corporation now, they got to look out for, obviously there are people They've got several people that work for them. I mean, literally, they are a corporation. So what affects you know, them with dealing with you is going to ultimately affect their corporation. So people involved with, say, Slayer, you know, a, a nuclear blast, Metal Blade, whatever, I get it. They got to watch out for them. Whether it's right or wrong, that's, you know, you, you got to understand these people are in their mid-50s. As well, a I mean, wait, world. Wait, They're not 80 year old kids. I understand know? it. You know, I like to play. I enjoy playing that part that's part of the i i enjoy it too and i think other people yeah, do i mean here. sometimes yeah, that's cringeworthy I, but no, hey, I, mean, I, think I think that it. like you know slayer just like a great example there's nothing better than having tom and jeff be your advocates in there and then i told tom and i can tell i have a whole story that i don't know if that's for another time or what but i have a whole story where i just called him up with yeah. his wife and kids on the speakerphone and said it's retirement time. And here's why. Now he's retired. Yeah. Just like all the other, you know, types of things. Was, that, this, was this after Jeff had passed? You would speak yes. to him about this? Yeah. Well, you know, we we made a pact not to go to even that funeral to Palladium. Yeah, I was there. It was. Uh, yeah, but me and Carl were there. Yeah. <laughs> It was a it was a tough time. I go way way back with Slayer. I saw. No, I know that's, what, that's the, But yeah. again, I want to play that goofy role, so it's right. almost funnier. And if, yeah, yeah. if there is an afterlife, Jeff's good, Jeff would be like, "Oh, Eb didn't go to the thing. Fucking right on." Now you're not a big fan of Gary Holt. Uh, Gary Holt replacing guy. Uh, uh, no, no, Gary Holt's just fine. Yeah, Exodus is good and he's just fine but i don't understand that well i understand the band i mean when somebody passes away no should the band break up you know it's up to them they've got a career and i don't think there's a better replacement they could have got there probably is but my my thing with that that i presented the band and this is again how you get in trouble with rick sales office i was like do not replace him and let's call up you know steve Vai, gary holt kirk hammett Ingve Malmsteen, Edward Van Halen, and you just make sure you them, and they'll just do a leg. So they'll do two weeks. Then that guy will be gone. Then we do two weeks with that next qualified person, Zach Wild. And see, Zach, I could see, but for some reason, I don't picture Ingve Malmsteen playing together with Kerry King. He would do it for a week or two for the money. I don't think he would do it. <laughs> I don't think he would even do a band like Metallica. We understand, understand my suggestion. No, I, I know what you're saying. But, you know, my, my point is, you know, if the band is, is was to carry on, which, you know, a lot of people are glad that they did and, you know, kept the spirit yeah, yeah, of Slayer yeah. alive. There's no better person than Gary Holt. He grew up with them. Oh, no, you're, you're, that's yeah. right. That's correct. Right. That part's correct. But so let's not be going. On. Let me just say one last thing on that. With that little bit. When Jeff Hanneman died, I got an email from Tom Araya and his wife, and it was like a one sentence thing. It said, hey, we just wanted to send you something to say we're really sorry about the loss of your friend. Hmm. So 
you know, I'm getting condolences. Yeah. That's how cl that's how much fun Jeff and I had. Yeah, I heard you. Yeah, we made their box it. set. We wrote the book for their box set with Mark Paschke. We did their first home DVD, and we would have done more things, but of the thing that you just explained to everyone, like Rick Sales and those people, like we can't have this guy telling Dino at Universal Records to go fucking fuck himself to death, please. You know, that's not great for the yeah. office. You know. Yeah, well, you know, you have to have that balance, you know. And, and like, also, and also, one of the things I want to do right now, and I was talking to Mark Eglinton about it, who, who you know of him, of course, a bit, yeah, doctor, great writer, who write That's a great book writer. that me and him could write a book called "The Rise and Fall of Heavy Metal Music to one, 1969 to 2019," and like that's the end of it. Hey, my snowman. Yeah, because that's like uh, that. I think it's over. There is yeah. no more. Well, well, we'll, we'll see. We'll see where yeah. it goes. No one's, coming, no one's coming playing the hockey arena with the fucking mechanical plane or dragon floating above them <laughs> playing correctly. Because how do you learn to play the guitar and stuff so good if you're playing your Xbox all day? It's like those guys became that because they sat in a room in almost self-isolation with certain records doing practicing that over and over and over again. Well, that's what a lot of people are saying now. With I mean, you got ACDC, they'll probably do maybe one final leg. Van Halen's dead. They need to you stop. Know. They need to stop. AC you know, they're doing press on stuff like Rob Halford. He's got this book out. Hey, do you want to sure. do something with the book? No. Yeah. No, I don't. This needs to stop. Right here. Help the Halford book. It needs to stop. Well, it, no. You know, if uh, I'm not going to say one way or another, if they, if they need to stop this fraud. Judas Priest is fraud at this point. And, you know, Jane Andrews, she's another one of those scared of Eric Braverman people. Um, yeah, she should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was always good, you know, because <laughs> Rob's so, so cool. And then Glenn and uh, KK would say just pass that. You know, they'd be just like, next subject. Of course he's going to do it. What? It's going to be fun. Glenn Tipton used to be like, what? The interview's today with you? Oh, yay! And start moving furniture around so it was going to look cool. So now that stuff's all done. You know, I don't want to see Dennis Rodman play basketball tonight. It's silly. No, I, I agree. Some bands do need to know when when to uh, pack it up. But you hey, mean like Metallica? Yeah. Well, well let's let's talk about Metallica. I love uh, a bit. So. Um, That's uh, yeah. Well, you know, you go way back. So when when did you actually get involved? Did you get involved through Jason? No, uh, is that, I got okay. him involved. Right, but that's when you I, I had had a, timing I had, wise. I mean, I had a I had a fanzine called Loud Magazine. Now, was that your? I heard you talk about that on on uh, uh, Brandon's podcast because yeah. I know Joe Lopez really yeah. well. I, I now it wasn't he the uh, publisher yeah. editor as far as I no no no. Joe was a guy that took pictures right, and he got passes to all the concerts. So he puts an ad in the local music rag. Hey, I want to start a magazine. Need someone that can write English. Hmm. Need someone with grammar skills, and so I'm all right, mid 80s, right? Or okay. mid 84, I think. Yeah, okay, because he started right, right. Yeah, just after I did Headbanger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I get a hold of him in the paper, and he's like an opposite of me. Talk about scared, you know, he's like telling you how great Bon Jovi and Rat and all this stuff was. Yeah, he likes all but yeah. instantly, instantly, he's living with his mom and dad at the time, he didn't have any dough or anything, he wanted to do this. 
So I'm like, let's just do it. How much could it cost? And we put, we made a really nice magazine, big old thing. It was like really shaped funny. It was like a foot. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you know, I, my folks paid for all that joke. They didn't even pay for anything. So he was not really a publisher. I so got you. I always liked it. Though, and I thought it was funny because he liked that balance of the stuff that I didn't care about. You know, Bon Jovi poison. He presented like the first poison show ever in Arizona. Yeah, yeah, I, I believe it. That. So, funny. so um, that's how that started. And then when uh, uh, Metallica was coming around and Joe just sent me down there, like, hey, go interview these guys and we'll take pictures. And, you know, I probably did like three or four shows with him through that. You know, so with, like Ride the Lightning Tour? Yeah, and and the Masters. The Master, okay, right. Um, and then I started getting to know people and it beca I became kind of like Mr. Big Rocker and Joe really resented that. And I've seen him recently at the grocery store. He's always nice to me and stuff, but I was doing like the dream. Plus I'm paying for everything. He had no money. This yeah, could yeah. all be documented. 100% paid for by my family. And then when I was on tour with Flotsam and Jetsam, a guy comes up to me and goes, hey, I just got the new Loud magazine, but your name's not in it. So while I was out on tour. He just took my name off the masthead and tried to take over. <laughs> well, I've known Joe for years. And I know putting uh, having my own zine, uh, headbanger, it's tough and expensive, especially doing yeah. a full-page glossy and I owe him like he was doing. Everything of this. All the stuff I did, everything comes from Joe. Okay, yeah. Now, Joe, uh, I used to see him all the time. You know, when they had the foundations forms, we would always yeah. meet. We yeah. were pen pals from very early on. And yeah, yeah we I go way know. back. And well, I'll tell you a funny story. We met up in uh, 90, a New Year's Eve, I think, of, it wasn't the millennium. I think it was going into 99. You remember Black Sabbath did that big show at when they, their first show they did in the U.S. when they reformed with uh, with Bill Ward, Ozzy Geezer, and, and uh, uh, Tony. And it was uh, Black Sabbath, Pantera, Slayer. Oh, you mean the thing that I was the guest Negative. of honor at, at the ballpark? At the ballpark, yeah. New Year's we Evil. Went, New Year's Evil. New Year's Evil. What a blast. We had, we and the night hung they out said, with Joe. That so you must have saw me that night, even though I was completely... I didn't know you then. So I... Yeah, but you, uh, dude, I was shooting a potato cannon around that night through billboards yeah. and assaulting I was people. so angry that they night. Just said, we're never, I'm never, I'll never forget like the general managers of that place. We're never, ever, 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 never, ever, ever having a concert here again. I'm like, this is a good concert. It was a great concert. Like Soulfly or... They Slayer. opened, yeah. Megadeth, right? Megadeth, New Year's Mar Evil. Yeah, I remember Marty got me passes. We were hanging out, and I remember with Joe. I'll tell you a funny story about Joe. After it was either that night, I think after the show, we we just got some the, the closest motel there, and we thought it was going to be like this metal motel, you know, like everyone from, come from, coming all over because it's you know, I mean, it's Black Sabbath first, yeah. you know, a, a reunion show in the states. No one's there. The motel is dead except these kind of gypsy transient people you you know those people there I, I recently saw a dvd about it i was there with my buddy toby and another guy mark and we hooked up with joe and i remember we went to his brother's his brother worked at a strip club the night before it happened joe could be can be uh considered a transgender gypsy well you, well, you know yeah i was gonna say he got logged really well because it was a real scary thing it's like those guys that Go from town to town and sell encyclopedias <laughs> and rip yeah. people off. And you know, they were in this room and Joe made friends with 
people are hanging out with them and just this really weird vibe going on in Toby. And, and, you know, Toby's a big guy. So if anything went down, but, you know, but they're just this weird vibe, like something's going to go down. He's like, dude, let's get You're out You're going to be great. Or tell Joe, Joe, come on, let's go. No, man, this is great. He's drinking, hanging out. But uh, mention that to Joe. That was a pretty but, but interesting that's how, <laughs> so The Metallica thing came out of that. Right. And then Joe gives me a uh, a cassette, Flotsam and Jetsam cassette. The first demo tape. Yeah. And he's like, you need to listen to this because this is crap. It's horrible. It's not even music, but you'll like it. So I <laughs> listened to it, and he's like, I could set up an interview. I'm like, all right. So I go over these to go do this interview, and Jason Newstead comes to the door in glasses, a ponytail, and I think he he might even had a tie on. Like he was dressed like a little insurance agent. Sure. He's like, this is my first interview. He says, This is my first interview. Well, look good. My first interview. I want to make an impression. So I'm like, all right. So we sit down and start rapping and stuff. And um guitar player Ed Carlson comes in the room with a dragon-shaped bong and a plastic bag full of roaches. Whole plastic bag of roaches, like 200 roaches. We're talking marijuana here, not the punk people. He says, hey, let's smoke. And, you know, Jason, like, turns white. Like, dude, you just this is my first interview. This is for our band. This guy's here to interview us. You're bringing these roaches out. And I'm like, yeah, what time is it? Two in the afternoon? Shit. So we, like, killed the bag of roaches. Nice. Me and this dude, <laughs> like, Jason's, you know, doing the interview. And Jason's a very professional guy. I, guess, yeah. I met him. I knew Jason, I guess, prior to you then, because I remember him when he was in the band The Dogs. Which we went yeah. to. Um, yeah, I didn't know that. I, I, yeah, yeah. I was I'm, I'm very close with Armored Saint, and when Armored Saint first time with Chrysalis, we were all we all turned like nineteen years old, and I, the drinking age in Phoenix was nineteen. They invited. I was doing running their fan club and selling their merch, and they invited me out. So it's Armored Saint, a, a few of the road crew guys, Zach Harmon, who I'm sure you know from Metallica yeah. now. Uh, he was work. He was you know, actually great, so. dude. Yeah, and he was a blast. And I mean, that was we did like four shows, and it was like a Phoenix, ten, a place called the Nightline, Tempe. I think it was called Rockers, or was that? Uh, there was a Rockers, Rockers, and then there was Tucson, and uh, the dogs opened all those shows. And I don't remember much except I had my fans in the headbanger, and Jason was like freaking out over, dude, this is so awesome, and. You know, yeah, oh, he was, man, and, and he he had the he knew of the magazine because I guess I don't know what the store was Zia's or whatever they had, and he said yeah, yeah there yeah. So that's and then of course uh, he was he was just bowing down to Joey Vera, and he's like you know you and Cliff <laughs> are my favorite, and yeah, he was just such a great great guy, you know, and he was you know, I mean we were all young, we were all like you know nineteen and and so, but Jason some, sell his soul somewhere though he's not yeah. the Jason. Dude, like, people, I mean, I, I understand dude, what you're saying. Yeah, I know you are real close with him. No, but, but he's changed more than anyone in any band. Well, he's had it rough. I mean, especially going through the whole Metallica thing and everything else. Know. I mean, let's be fair here. It's I'm sure it's affected. Uh, but uh, I was in a fraternity, you know what I mean? So, like, right. as far as hazing goes, like, hazing just shows they want you to prove that you want to be there. <clears throat> and I used to tell him all the time, like, stick up to these dudes. Really? Yeah. This these midgets, you're afraid of these midgets, and you know, 
Hetfield was well, the only. He, he was still all that. I'm talking about after when it, they got into load and reload and all the. Oh things. yeah, yeah. And they wouldn't allow him to do other things, which. But uh, not only that, but he was very unhappy with those that material. I remember I'm him sure going through yeah. shit. I'm freaked out. Yeah. I am freaked out on this. What they're doing? What the fuck? Sperm, blood, album cover, <laughs> terrible songs, uh, mascara, weird yeah. shirts. What the fuck are we doing? I thought he was going to quit before Reload came out. Right. Wow. Well, he's stuck in it for how many years? From '86 uh, to what '98 or so? So about twelve yeah. years. 12 do you remember years. the Metallica Lollapalooza tour? I wasn't there, but I do remember. Well, he went. Tour. He had his own bus on that thing. He wasn't even with them on that tour, and out of his mind. Yeah. And he got a tour. He got a tour bus, filled it with music gear. Said he was going to have jam sessions with all the musicians every night. He didn't jam with one ever. And when every the band's off in a plane, he's in this tour bus by himself, maybe with a girl mm. that he stole from me. And then, uh, and then, not ever recording with those bands. And like, dude, we had barbecues. It was like Waylon Jennings Devo barbecue night. That was a crazy bill. But he never was ever. I don't think he ever came. I don't think he was happy party. at that at that point. Yeah, I think he wasn't really. And I think he was maybe a little bit confused on what was going on. And, yeah, James you know, it is not um, like in Metalomania. We asked Jason straight out in Metalomania nineteen ninety whatever that was. Hey, is it fun to work with James Hetfield? You know, he looks right ass. He's like that. He yeah. stops us. That question right there. Yeah. Is it fun to work with James Hetfield? No. You can't tell if they're being serious or sarcastic. I can tell because James is fucked up. Yeah, He's well, so we'll jealous. That. But how could he be jealous of me? That's not a. I don't think that's possible. You're a scary dude, Eric Braverman. You're a yeah, threat to I'm all. Only because I'm not scared. <laughs> well, true. I mean, people. You know, they think about. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the scariest thing, and I, I'm 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 your psychic here now. Scariest yeah. thing are people that are unpredictable. Yeah. And yeah. You know, you talk, you again. You talk about James uh, and and Metallica. Uh, you know, I could sit back. I I could talk to James. They've been, and I'm being honest. I'm not saying this to kiss their ass or so they don't no, blackball me for having you on or anything. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they care about you. Yeah, I know that they've been nothing but great, and they're you know. But I understand. You know, I could see when we're at these parties, like we're at the 30th anniversary party, or and yeah. the uh, the party they did at their house, the record store day, and. They did that thing at the old Cerrito house. And, you know, you, you, you talk to them or even like when I, when I interviewed Lars for the, um, uh, the inside metal DVD, I was at Metallica HQ for like an hour and interviewing them there. It's, it was like 1982, you know, when I first, nothing has changed, but, and then you kind of realize, Holy fuck. This, this is the guy that hangs out with, you know, royalty hangs out oh, yeah. you know, he's partying with sean penn he he you know collects picasso paintings is this the same guy i was just talking to yeah. so you gotta under, kind of understand you know when you see this i guy, do understand James, lars or, oh, wait i do understand lars okay yeah but i mean i, I think they all are are kind of weary about you know uh, you could go out and talk to someone like, even like dave mustaine great guy and i know people say a lot of stuff about dave me and Dave, he's been nothing but great with me. We'll be backstage, and, and he'll drink. He'll drink his beer and his wine, and we'll get you know, hang out. Talk I love about him. All the time. I love him. He's the best. Bust each other's balls, and it's yeah. like you know, we'll get in the mood. I might get you know, get get a little drunk, and then you kind of go into public, 
and you see he's totally different professional business and then you're like oh you try you're, you're gonna say something to bust his balls you're like oh i better watch myself you got it. so there's a i i get that you have to kind of you when you're in that because i realized dude bands like megadeth slayer and obviously metallica they are huge corporations so and they got people out there and we're talking beyond the metal press you know the the news sites like the the, the blabbermouth we're talking the tmz's and all that looking to get shit on them so they when they're in public <clears throat> they're going to be a different person and, and i understand i know you do too but you know it's something that I you, you got to have that balance as long as they're cool and as long as they still play you know up, up to par and, and i think all those bands still kick ass live but well, I mean, anyway go ahead no no I'm, i agree with all that i, just, I don't care it's not acceptable yeah, no, I, i'm not right. saying you should or you should but i've saved their lives mm. like they've i saved a mustaine from drowning to death you know, shit like that. When you save a person from drowning themselves, you know, you get to right. talk some shit. Yeah, I, I agree. Oh, you know, I. But if Metallica is like the best, and James Hetfield, I'm probably the biggest James Hetfield fan in the world, but he he does not know how to enjoy all the riches. Well, so so you met James in, in the mid '80s when he was already this huge mega rock. Star. I don't know if he's mega. I mean, I met him on the. Well, right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I got you. But I mean, still, I mean, knowing him and knowing, you know, I, I knew him from day one. I knew him pre-Metallica. We used to see each other at the, the Woodstock Club. And I used to go to Lars's house in Woodstock. Newport Beach with my buddy Patrick Scott when yeah, he was yeah, forming yeah. the band. So I kind of see him. And, and I know James. Uh, and it's no secret. I mean, everyone knows James is... Uh, uh, his history. He had some 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 family issues, and his mother had passed away. He was a completely different person then. Very shy, very withdrawn. He had a lot of personal uh, problems and issues, and going from that to being one of the biggest rock stars in the world, and then having the alcohol problem and all that. So uh, you know, he's yeah, a different definitely. person. Very you know? interesting. Dave Mustaine and James yeah. Hetfield very affected by their mothers. Sure. Probably true with Tom. You keep mentioning Slayer, but I mean, like, it's so much so that, like, you notice that Dave Mustaine plays a lot, like, up and down like this? Yeah. You know? Well, he was locked in the closet a lot with the guitar. He couldn't put it down. Okay. Yeah. He yeah. Had to do this. True. Because his mom and dad, or his mom was a Jehovah Witness, and Dave yeah. would be like, I want to go trick or treating. She might get in the closet. Yeah. So, I mean, just that. But then, but then once he became, started making money, he would have his mom, he flew his mom to Europe for a European vacation slash tour with with dave so there's a lot of that magical um balance and stuff yeah. you know these people again it's not yeah. like it ends up like you're you're alluding to it in a lot of ways but they end up being like not normal and how yeah. are we but and you just said it how are we supposed to relate to the responsibilities the different people pulling them in different directions the tmz's or their own wives yeah well, like I said, usually if you're one-on-one -on -one with them or if you're in a, a certain area. I mean, back in the day, I mean, it's funny because even even you go back uh, to when they were huge. I mean, look, look at the, the, the Metallomania you did. I mean, they were getting loose. They were drinking. It was like, hey, anything goes. Hey, hey we were going to do. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, I'm sorry. I, I, I oh, always, I was just going to ask you, when did that come out? Because I actually saw this on well, I made it. We made it probably like in 1995 or six. It was that tour they did with Candlebox and Fight with Rob Alford. That's why he's right. in it. And then we and then we just gave it to friends. 
then DVDs and blah, blah, blah. And, and somebody said, hey, I want to put this out on DVD and I'll pay for everything. The people that made that orange version you had, that's plastic head distribution out of like Oxford, England. Right. So then they had a bunch of, um, you know, selling of the videos and marketing it. And we made a deal with them. And, you know, God, I probably made shit, 75 grand just from that. Wow. That First one time I saw it, I think it was probably 98. Uh, John Bush had, I was like neighbors with John Bush. I was living in Burbank. At a He's awesome. John is the greatest. And he uh, was living in that house. We'd, we'd see each other daily. And he's like, dude, you got to come over. Check out this video I got. So we came over. I think Joe <laughs> and Gonzo might have been there. And they showed me this. And we were all just like in awe, just going, fuck, this guy's great. I mean, just, you know, I mean, that was my first introduction. I had heard your name before. And I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? It's like Eric Braverman. I go, that's Eric Braverman. Wow. And that was kind of my introduction to EB, a.k.a. Seshla. Well, we didn't, Walker. well, me and my little gang, we didn't focus on anything. It's not like, let's manage bands right. or let's write songs or let's make videos or let's be a promoter. We just did it all and we were still kind of doing it, you know, until um, maybe about two years ago, I was starting to go, what the hell? Why doesn't anyone want to have any fun? What's the problem here? Yeah. Let's have fun. And then, I'm you know, with you, dude. I'm with you. But, but, but I don't want to disparage. I don't want people to think I'm bitter because, like, Guns N' Roses just played the football stadium that I could ride my bike to. It's right. like two miles plus. They gave me 50 tickets, EB plus 50. You know, so I'm not. They just played, you're talking last year, right? Yeah, this tour they yeah. just did. Yeah, a year ago, whatever the Guns N' Roses. Then Metallica did that came through. And I just said, I can't go see you perform. Memory remains. Or until it sleeps, and I, unless I can have guarantee that that's not played, you know, I can't participate in that. You know, I do have a wife and a, fa a little a daughter, and I can't just be caught in public in a room where someone's playing the memory remains. <laughs> then they, then they made, then that album was so bad and stupid that Hardwired is just a piece of crap. That's a great album. You don't like that album. And they had their, they had that guy, I love like, that album. They had that guy produce it. It's like the dude just working up at their place. Hey, what are you doing? Yeah. I'm cleaning up some boxes over here. Will you produce the, uh, Wired to self-destruct. Yeah, I like the I prefer the that production over Death Magnetic. Because you're a wonderful did. person. Yeah. I love I like Rick Rubin. That's why I like Ball Breaker and yeah. the Beach Boys and and uh, uh, Rain and Blood and Death Magnetic. I love from start to finish. Yeah, and I went on that Death Magnetic tour. I went on Death Magnetic tour till I was kicked right. off. Mm -hmm. James, when they were doing the Orion festivals and James was like, I don't know if I could perform if Eric Braverman's on the festival grounds. <laughs> After I did my work, yeah, which was bring a bunch of monsters that were professional to make Kirk Hammett's monster thing look good. Right. Bless his little soul. So Not what's the deal with you and James Hetfield? Something must have jealous. happened. I'm free them. and he, I, he's everything I want to be. And I'm everything he wants. That wasn't when he was trying to get sober and you were just this crazy wild. I think things started, or... you know, when he start, things started being really pretty bad during that time. Like when they were on tour for like St. Anger with like Godsmack. Right. I was hanging out with Larry Walker, one of the greatest baseball players of all time, played for Colorado yeah. Rockies and, and, um, and also, and also our friend Randy, the, the baseball player. Uh, yeah. Picture, 
that we that we have a lot of fun with and stuff. And he loves he's addicted to heavy metal and shit. And we're like at a show in Tucson. And a guy comes up to me in the audience and goes, Hey, are you EB the killing time guy? And I'm like, Yeah, I, I remember you. Who the hell are you? And he's like, I'm Guyton. Like, how do you forget a guy? My first name's Guyton. And he does the computers for the Tucson Unified School District. So he's a high level for security, professionalism, wonderful person. And he's like, hey, I've been trying to get a hold of James for months. And he would always hook me up for shows. And I could come say hi after the show. And I haven't been able to get a hold of him. And I told him, like, hey, look, you know, his wife and his handlers and psychiatrists told him that, like, he can't have anyone in his past anymore. So if you're in his past, we need to reevaluate that. And I'm like, have you reevaluated Lars and Kirk first? Or is this all bullshit? Because if you're getting rid of the people in your life that aren't the greatest influence, you got to get rid of the cocaine and alcohol people and weed smokers right there. Lars. I think at that point, James has kind of separated himself yeah. from Lars okay. and Kirk. And yeah, he he's traveled on yeah, his on own. Would... Tour, on this last tour, he insisted on his own jet now. Well, on the hard worker. Need my own jet now. The, the jet together. Probably his handlers that probably, uh, and you know, for right, his so own good, I'm sure that's why he moved out. He's in Colorado now. He's okay, you know, but I'm, I'm just saying the thing, the thing with us I, is I, like, I, okay, I, as, I, as, yeah. as it gets, yeah. and then you know, whatever. But it like that night in that one night, you know, I'm like, I felt bad for this Guyton guy. So in my pocket, I have like 270 different kinds of Metallica passes for the night. So I give him some after show worst pass and say, after the show, Hank, don't get thrown out. And I'll kind of go find you. And then I'll go ask James if he wants to say hi to you. Hi, normal human. I'm doing James Hatfield a favor. So I, I'm, um, I'm there with Randy, you know, Hall of Famer, no big deal. We're walking down the hall and he, he was buying us some drinks and we're making fun of each other again. Because like I said, me and him are the guys who get the backstage pass in Phoenix. So it's like me and Randy sitting there. It's get intimidating. The big unit, seven feet tall, him and me sitting next to you. The people don't know who he is. They're like, what the fuck? They're just scared. So anyway, uh, James loses his mind, starts screaming at the entire staff. Why does he, why does this person? And they're like, what person? What person? They're like, that guy, uh, that guy. And they're like, what? Who? What the fuck? He's screaming. In front of Randy Johnson, Hall of Famer. And then someone's like, do you mean EB? He's like, EB, yeah, yeah. And like, your friend EB? What What are you doing? What are you talking about? And so I just felt bad just and told everyone, hey, it's cool. 100% my bad. I will go meet this guy and tell him that James Hetfield has fucking lost his chicken. And that his wife, the greatest metal performer, writer, uh, rhythm guitar player, singer, everything, charisma, everything, most successful, is scared to say hi to a person from his childhood. He's a straight person, by the way, because his handlers told him everyone in the past needs to go. Oh, wait, what about Lars and Kirk? My, that part's not convenient because the wife and the handlers don't get their check. And like my friend, Jimmy the Pineapple, used to always say, case fucking closed. <laughs> So let's go back with the right. history with Metallica. You, yeah. you were doing the so I wasn't aware that you were involved. With, I know Stephen I started so what? So what? Okay, I we'll talk about that a bit because I, I, I uh, they were they uh, Jason and Tony Smith. You know Tony Smith? 
Yeah, I don't know personally. I'm not. He'd be on here. He'd be. He probably wouldn't do it, but he would be yeah. the best. So he's an English cat that's done all the bands. He becomes her tour manager. He's like palsied too. He's like half a man. Like he right. limped and he had a palsied hand and a leg and hard to do things. Yeah. We were fellow chocolate addicts, so he would have fancy chocolate and people be having dinner. Me and him are eating these big like European chocolate bars, like for dinner. And they're making this so what magazine. And so they, the first thing we're going to do is make an issue of each guy in the band and all the guys in the band committed to contributing to the magazine, each issue. Thank you. Do you think fucking Kirk Hammett contributed to the fucking magazine? Are you <laughs> retarded? So anyway, I just said, okay. And I just got like in a buzzard position, like they're not going to do anything. hundred percent. That's already done deal. Even though the meeting just ended. I'm going to swoop in and do everything. So me and Jason made the Jason new study. What year are we talking about here? Is this like shortly after Jason joined? Like 87? I don't have this stuff handy or anything if anybody cares. Now, is that the book? Oh, good. No, that's the issue. Okay. Yeah. Right. And then, um, <clears throat> so anyway, start working on this. I did that famous thing of James Hetfield, like in the skeleton with all his injuries. It's like right. a double... So they, my question is, because yeah. I know Stefan and, and know, Tony. Know. Start, wait, and Tony started paying me to do it. Now, what was the magazine the direction? Because I know you've got this obviously this great wacky sense of humor and yeah. this kind of. I know so Stefan's a very serious so writer, like a. a you know, I, I know they did back then, but what was the direction of the early? So what? Because uh, you know the it stuff was, I had is. Oh, go go ahead. Well, no, sir. I think it was almost like an answer to the demand. You know, people want this stuff. We can have this way of reaching out. Was it humorous? And was it? Uh, I mean, you could go get. Like you could go get one on eBay, probably for twenty five cents. Okay. I, I think yes, very humorous. <laughs> I will check it. I will have to check dude, it. Out I, I mean, and I would do shit like uh, one time we went to where Cliff Burton was buried. You know, not buried, but where his uh, cremations were were put out with uh, Jim Martin and his brother. Lou Martin and we went out there camping for the weekend and you know before the end of it they're shooting at me no big deal no big deal shooting hey, at you, yeah we're shooting guns oh, at each other. Oh, okay. and so you know James I like, go put that exploding target up on that mountain you're a hiker faggot and so I'd go up that time you talk I would go up there and I put it up there, and then they're shooting at the target before it's out of my hand so yeah. I wrote an article about that and then the next time in the next issue, James just did a handwritten full page. All Eric Braverman stories need to be taken with a grain, scratch, scratched out, block of salt. I am this member of these organizations with firearms. So this has always been going on. Right, right. Because no one would ever stand up to them. And I didn't see any reason not to. And a lot of the time, those fucking guys were sicking me on people and each other. Yeah. Well, that's how they were back then. They were a whole, especially when they were all drinking, when they were alcoholica and all that. It was, I mean, and we're going up through the black album. I mean, when they were like, were you know, what? the fucking party. And I think they started changing over when the loads. I mean, their personalities, and they got old. They became fathers. Some of them maybe grandfathers. I don't know, but you know, whatever it is, I, I don't know what. Dude, I'm nothing. People change. Hey, I'm but, nothing. I'm nothing without them. That's like I was like. I mean, I <laughs> so got. Some, I got 12 million, you know, platinum things out in the in my rock and roll room. Twelve, they gave me 12 million platinum things, and you know, I could literally. There was a time for years where I would show up at a show, make up some shit, and have a hotel room, a 
paid a food card, whatever shirts, fucking can get people in. Then I try to make a party later, you know, and all that shit. You know, I got drivers. Or, generous. I, well, I, it was almost like it was just so big that I'm just one guy. And then when Tony Smith, they had the falling out with Tony Smith, Smith, which actually was uh, ended up being a big mistake. That was very heartbreaking for me. I, I wasn't working on it much anymore. But I mean, I did. We were even do, writing the stories about the first symphony thing and all this kind of stuff, covering things for them. And then when they were totally disarrayed with it, that's when Stefan Shirazi came in. And now he has an awesome like career and job and security because it's oh, yeah. all him. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah. Yeah. I love that guy. He's he a good dude. I recently sent him a funny picture of me and him where we're at a party and it's like, fuck it. It, oh, it was Kirk Hammett's first bachelor party right. where we made him fuck those toothless whores while he was throwing up in a plastic <laughs> I bag. I heard about that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I got pictures of him just fucking. Yeah, because I just meet Ross Halfin was there going, why are you taking pictures? I'm like, well, if I don't take pictures, how could you be in any of the pictures? Are you there's no thing like extender selfie thing? So I got the picture of Ross. Ross, you know, Ross did like official. He wouldn't let me put the four of them together and take a picture that night. Yeah, that I sounds like Ross Elfin. Yeah, I love the guy. I love yeah. people that just call someone they've never seen in your life a cunt. Yeah. That, as a rule, he, whatever yeah. you cunt, get out of my way. <laughs> what? So right. and now Kirk Hammett's celebrating his second divorce, which this will be a beast. Guess I'll be on TMZ tomorrow. But just like I was the first to announce that they were doing the drive-in concerts. Yeah, I remember that. I, I well, I'm like, hey, they're doing concert drive-ins. No one knows. And then just like this, I always get the even though I don't necessarily want it, I get the the information first. Right. So were you at any of those drive-in shows? <laughs> no, I can't do it. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I hear it. That's that's I'm not gonna go see somebody's grandfather. Like Kirk Hammett looks like somebody's grandmother. I'm not gonna go see somebody's grandmother play the memory remains or until it sleeps. Those are that's crimes. Those are crimes. And then it's we're in at the drive-in. It's like I've I've seen the baddest ass shows of them ever. Right. Why the fuck? You know, I remember that show at the country club, first show at the country club. Is it Jason? Elder? Yeah, yeah, I got to go. You got the Jezebel show as well? They did a show the next night at Jezebel. No, I think I was too high. I didn't make it. Uh, what happened? That was but even better. That Metal Church like, headlined it. Yeah, but yeah. But both those shows were. No, I remember that. I do remember it, but I didn't go because probably some fancy Hollywood, uh, probably like Clint Eastwood or something was in town. I went and Lee Majors, and they were like, let's have EB come out for lunch. So I couldn't go to the concert. <laughs> So let's sure. talk Slayer a bit. When when how'd you get involved with Slayer? And what, I, uh, yeah, I started doing that stuff with Loud Magazine. I listened to Slayer. I'm like, this isn't music. I'm scared of this. And then uh, and then a great friend of mine was like, you need to listen to Slayer. So I listened to it and I was like, this is fucking good. And then um, just through the friends and stuff, a lot you know, just whatever it was, I started getting into shows. And then they really liked the fact that I my whole whatever. So they like if Jeff and Tom saw me, they'd be like, "We're at we're." I mean, Tom, I you know I know all his family members, and you know we have a pretty deep relationship. It was really hard not to go to the last show in L.A., but I didn't go because I didn't want other people to to be um, worried about what I was going to do that to them. <laughs> you know, it's like Kirk Hammett. He went to the last show. You know, and these right. people. 
I didn't really I go didn't go either. I was at the last show they did in, uh, up in the Bay Area. It was probably even better. But Tom was like, please, you got to come to the show. I'm like, I'm not, not going to come to that very last one. Because, you know, me and him go, could go sit by a campfire, whatever, in a, in a state park any old time and argue about whatever Fox News bullshit, you know. Right. <laughs> He's been living in Texas for a while, so. But um, that's what happened. And then, and then, you know, I'm like a creative guy. And then I had that friend, Mark Paschke, who was very good friends with them. And then I just started throwing ideas out there. And next thing you know, it's like, oh, yeah, let's let's just why not have him do it? He's already out here, you know, and he's doing all the stuff. And we know Mark Paschke, he's the one that did directed the Metal Mania. All right. Try to. He gets the credit for it. Yeah. I don't know how much direction. Now, is he an Arizona guy? or San Francisco person. His dad was probably Chicago's best artist oh, wow. so he's a very famous artist that painted very famous things for the city of chicago he did uh playboy's 40th anniversary cover he's oh, such wow. a okay. known you know artist so he you know his paintings could sell for one hundred and fifty thousand dollars or whatever so and, and also became a very good friend of mine and i actually worked for him so mark was a guy that wanted to do stuff he was actually working for kirk hammett up until maybe a year ago when Kirk fired him again, probably because again, these guys listened to their handlers, their psychiatrist, whatever their wife and got rid of him for some reason. <laughs> so something happened there. Did they hire him back or is he not yet? I haven't worked with Mark for like eight years. And then again, I started boycotting Metallica once James was too afraid to have me on festival grounds. It's like, I just told Kirk, I'm not doing anything for you ever again. I just made you look cool with all your notice when I got rid out of it, his whole monster thing went away. Yeah. Well, the you're going to, I, I have this feeling that you and James are going to reconnect very soon. And you <laughs> and the whole band. I would, there's no reconnecting. I would look, listen, listen, <laughs> I would look at that guy's boots. Like he's yeah. the sh like the best. Sure. My thing is, what could I do for you, for you, sir? But I think that a lot of the stuff, of him thinking people are taking advantage of him or these weird things of I can't sit in a jet with Lars after, you know, after all this time now, I got to have my own jet. I think it's just too, you know, he's, he's not tethered except to his uh, profound devotion to his family. Sure. Sure. Well, he is. Uh, I, you know, I think a lot of it and not just James and I'm, I'm, I'm saying all rock stars and different people that, you know, you got to realize a band like Metallica, they've toured, you know, 250 days out of a year. They rarely yeah, yeah, see their no. family. So Dude, he's kind of trying to make up for it. Well, yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah. And, and I'm not just saying, oh, James is right for doing whatever. I'm yeah. just saying I kind of understand he's trying to make up for past time, doing the family thing, whatever. But, you know, whatever. And again, to be much more than fair. <laughs> see, I'm not a family guy, so I don't know. A lot, I don't care. A lot of this is my own you know, standards. Yeah. It's my own bullshit. Doesn't mean they have to live up to it. They've already I done their that. thing, but I don't understand yeah. decisions like acoustic, acoustic disposable heroes, or, <laughs> or we're going to make a movie and we're going to make a movie. And instead of having disposable heroes in it, it'll have the memory remains in it. And then we wonder why the movie didn't make it. Like there's just no, what? Yeah. Who's at that meeting going, yeah, 
I don't know if it's management or if it's them or whatever. I think they try to do this balance of let's try to please everyone. So they'll do an album. You know, they'll do a symphony album. They'll do a St. Anger. Also, they'll do a load and reload. But they'll always come back and do a deck magnetic. Or I think they know yeah, that they kind of need to get that. But there is kind of that balance. Lars does it as a bit of a fuck you. Like, I can I think do so. I mean, that's yeah. what Iron Maiden does, too. I mean, they'll come out and they'll do a, an, an, a whole album, which fans don't really care for, and they'll play the whole album from start to finish live. It's like, fuck you. You're going to listen to this album. Whether oh, you yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's oh, kind yeah, of Metallica's hey, hey. attitude, too. And I got it. just like, my, fuck my, you. We're going to do this. We want to get this out. I mean, the thing with Lou Reed, I don't care for that at all. I was never a Lou Reed, big Lou Reed fan, to be honest. But, you know, <laughs> whatever, if they needed to get it out artistically or you whatever. Like Iron Man, you like Iron Maiden a lot, like these other things? You know, I'm, I, I've kind of, I mean, not to say I've lost interest in latter albums after Brave New World. I've kind of not, it's not that I don't like it. Certain, yeah, certain songs, I, you know. But do you know, is, you know but I, I just have hilarious stories of them that are so fucking Let me do a real quick one. Because it's right. fairly recent, and it also involves Lars, Carrie King, you know, Robert Trujillo, Brian Posehn, Scott Ian, Dave Grohl, all them. So uh, I'm like, hey, they're going to recreate the Scream for Me Long Beach concert, but it's going to be at those shows at Long Beach Arena. Was that yeah. in 2007 when they did the redo? It was at the Forum. I think it's 2006. Oh, well, the original one from no, not the, original. After that. the last okay. one, the last where they oh, redid, okay. where they redid the Egyptian puppet show and all that, yeah, and that yeah. Sam Dunn, that little Sam yeah. Dunn guy yeah, made yeah. Light Six Six Six. Metal Evolution, yeah, that was a great movie. He did a good so, job on that. So we, um, but again, he's always scared of me. He has to cut the ED parts out. Oh, we're well, in there too. Yeah. I've had talks with him. He's yeah. like the epitome of scared man. I think it's they epitome. fear you. You're a fearful guy. It's all it's about stupid. the fear. I'm here to help. It's my murdered. But I've uh, sure I've murdered. I know. All right. So anyway, this um, <laughs> I was going to. I wanted to go to that, and then like the friends, like Mark Paschke, um, Brian Lou. You know Brian Lou, yeah, don't of you? Of course, yeah. Um, they were all going and whatever, and people were like, "You're gonna go as a fan to this concert, Evie." I'm like, "Well, I don't understand. We bought you a ticket." You have a hotel room at this goofy Hollywood hotel, and you're but you're driving to the show. You're gonna park and pay for parking. You're gonna buy a shirt, and then you're gonna watch the show in your seat. And then after the show, you're not doing that thing that you do. You're going to get into the car, and then we'll go to have dinner. And but and we'll pay for everything because we want you. We know you want to go, and we want to go with you because we're really fun. And you know, and also because you you love. Uh, Lauren Harris so much, you know, maybe you guys could get together. And of course that close, I got a great video of me and her talking. So anyway, the, um, I, I I'm she like, opened right. that show, right? Uh, what? I said, she opened that. Show. Yeah. yeah. She, she, she opened yeah. a bunch of them in a row. Yeah, yeah. It was bad for her, but you know, yeah. yeah. So, um, she, but they're bad. And that's also where we met Richie Faulkner. Well, they were dating, right? Weren't they? No, he, well, I couldn't tell. I know he was in the band. Guitar player. Yeah, I think I think they were dating. No, but he was the guitar player in her band too. And right. when I was doing a thing with her one day, I'm like, "Why don't you sit in with it?" And he's like, "What? I'm no one. Why do you want me?" And I'm like, "Come on, you played the guitar good. You good looking guy. Come sit with me." Now he always looks back at that like I'm the coolest dude in the world. Now so I think he's with night. George Lynch's daughter. Actually, what I said. Yeah. <laughs> I interrupted. I think he's with George Lynch's he's daughter. Got a baby. Got a kid. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. 
<laughs> oh yeah, George Lynch and Ricky Richie Faulkner will be jamming in my next to my crib later. Fuck. As I say, he's an Arizona guy, right? George Lynch is yeah. he living in Arizona? Yeah, yeah, he's awesome too. Awesome. Yeah player and all that so anyway i go i i'm like all right i'll be a fan i start driving to the show at the forum like in the worst neighborhood in la all the mutants are out there and black shirt people and it, they've oversold the concert too i find out a little earlier oversold it because they have a big floor at the forum yeah, and the yeah. seats and the floor and the seats have a big wall in between them for security right. it's like 20 foot wall you're in the seats or they have the wall and on the bottom they didn't have any seats or anything it was just cleared to maximize the concert ticket sales. So I'm yeah. driving in. Police and everyone's going crazy. I'm paying the guy to park. And I'm like, okay, and where do I park? And he like points to like Jupiter. You'll be parking out there. Follow this line 100 million miles away. And then as I'm driving, this cop jumps in front of me. He's like, stop, stop. You park, you park right there. And I'm like, that's the ramp going up to the LA Coliseum. That's the ramp. And that's like the hand. You just parked there and shut up. God damn it. Wait, this is, I'm in control. Everyone in the car is like, you're a fan. EB, stop it. Stop it. Because now I'm at this, the best parking spot there. So I start getting out and I have a big jug of uh, ginger ale that I'm enjoying, just straight up ginger ale. This is during the time where I didn't drink for 22 years. So I've just had a two liter of ginger ale. Start going towards the ramp. And then I see the line is around the forum twice and then out to like the line went out to like Trenton, New Jersey from the forum. Sure. So people start going Slayer, Slayer, Slayer when they see me. I'm like, yeah, hey, how you guys? This is the Iron Maiden show they're saying. Yeah, Slayer. yeah. Okay. So the kids, right. kids are out there, Slayer. So they see me and they're, I'm like, yeah, here for the show. I come sit, come on, come on, come in line with me. So now I'm in that parking spot and the front in line in front of millions of people. And everyone's going, stop, dude, you're a fan. Please stop it. Don't do this thing you do. You're a I fan. I don't get that. Why? So, what are they acting like your mother? They were sick of going to shows and watching me being treated like, you know, royalty. Then they can't extract me after the show because I'm like, dude, my friend, the truck driver's here. Remember that guy? We're fucking partying later. And we got these girls. And also, we got Brian Posehn and we got uh, Sean Penn. And also, the, this guy wants to come over. And that dude, I don't even know him, but it wasn't he Batman. That guy's coming. We're partying. That whole shit. They're just like, no, it's a concert and dinner. We're buying the shit. I, I, I never knew why they were doing it. It was like a joke. So like, you're a fan. Stop. So then I get it. I go walking in and then I get in and they're like, what? Because I had that ginger ale in my hand. Like no one at the right. forum will let you walk in the front with a normal ticket carrying a two liter thing of ginger ale. They would have thrown it out. Yeah. What the fuck? You're doing that thing. I'm like, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> so um, that really cool shirt that night. Remember the shirt for the show was Eddie on Hollywood Boulevard above the star. And it said, Iron I Maiden. saw that. And on I the mean, back, the show, big, pink, that. big pink star door. And he's slamming the door open with his finger out. It says, I'm the fucking star here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I need that shirt. Like, well, you can buy one. I'm like, but Brian Lewis is the head of the merchandise. And I'm thinking I'm getting a lot big old boxes. You so I go to my seat, turns out I'm in like the best seat. You know, Iron Maiden always has the two, like their shows are always set up with like two arms coming out. So it sure. could become an eddy, and then the two arms are out. And those are also ramps to go out in the audience. Yeah. So my seat is touching the corner of that ramp. You know, those right. hands. So I go to my seat and I'm like, this is kick ass. What the hell? They'll, they're, we're going to be untying their shoes and shit. Right as I sit down, this dude comes running up. 
He's wearing a Dodgers jersey, totally open. He's got a black eye, big smashed in face, cigarette in his mouth. He sits next to me. He's like, whew. Yeah, what's going on? My name's Will. Never forget. My name's Willie. My friend's selling hot dogs, so I just came to work with him, and I'm just hanging out. What's going on? I'm like, this is good. What are you smoking? He's like, oh, we can't smoke in here, but I got these giant blunts. I'm like, we can smoke in here. What's up? Look at us. Look at me. Look at you. We look like we just fought each other. Let's go. So we start smoking giant blunts. Dude, we're getting fucked up. People were afraid to even come down the rows to sit near us. You could see rich people that bought those seats going... I'm not sitting by them. And then all the people, like at the forum, if you show a pack of cigarettes, they tackle you. Yeah, as I say, security wasn't after you when you were. Yeah, they were coming up and going, I don't want none of that. Yeah. <laughs> they saw that dude and me. And we're all the way at the end, like this end of the thing. So the, the blah, blah, blah. Do, 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 do. Uh, we're sitting there smoking. Finally, Mark Paschke and everyone sits down that row that great row next to us. I couldn't see any of the rock friends I thought I was going to see. I was like, where's the rock friends? So Lauren comes out, she does her show. You know, I'm trying to get some butt grabs or whatever because she's bending over in front of me and stuff. And she is super good looking. Yeah, she is. It's super cool and nice. As, her, her sister works for, works for Iron Maiden. She's really cool too, but doesn't look like her. It's like weird. And then Steve Harris, he's no fun to work with. So you, so you deal with them. So it's done playing and we're all sitting there. And then that we, we keep smoking. All this stuff. No one's everyone's looking at us like, why are they smoking cigars? Mm. So finally, this is the greatest thing. Fucking the, the Iron Man show's getting ready to start. And down at the soundboard on the floor, I could see Dave Grohl, Carrie King, Lars, Robert, Posein, that Hawkins kid that plays the drums, all the people, probably Sam Dunn too, and his producer banger guy. A couple other notable Scotty in. Of course, you can't do anything. That's, that's why I don't need to do anything with anthrax with heavy metal television. But if you turn on a computer and put in the word rock, music, Scott Ian is talking about I'm sorry, Scott, write one good song, then get back to me. Thank you. Sir. I also made his uh, birthday, it was his 40th birthday. His wife asked, was dumb enough to ask us to make a birthday video of him. And one of the scenes is Kirk Hammett just on a toilet shit and going, is that the new anthrax record? So there's a lot of shit so anyway the show starts i see them all down there and they're all squished in the soundboard i'm like what concerts going yo aces hi do to do one point bruce like makes a funny face at me like during the solos so i'm like yeah i'm right here bruce he's like he does like a i got you do 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 and he likes to make speeches and he knows now it's not that hard I, to recognize eric but i like his speech <laughs> more than a lot of the songs now but I like that concert because they weren't doing any of the stupid songs. It was like reliving live after death, right? Like right. note for note almost. He was even yeah. going scream for me for him. Even at one point did say scream for me, Long Beach Forest. Yeah. So in between songs, he's stopping. Everyone's just roaring. I can't believe you weren't at this thing. He comes walking. I, I missed it. He comes walking up. He's walking right up to me. His hand like on my shoulder. I like to tell you something. It's very expensive. To do I made tour and we fly all around the world. I'm carrying a goddamn sarcophagus in the plane. I'm flying the plane. I've got a sarcophagus. You know how much it costs to do it? It's crazy. But let me tell you, every time we come to town, 
these people want a parking pass and a free this and a free that and they want time and then they need their friend and they can't just buy a ticket like you folks these people right here and he it's almost like he took a giant figure and touched them all each one on the forehead like from anyway <laughs> and they're all looking up and they're looking at me and going what carrie king and lars were like what how did he orchestrate this fucking bullshit then he then he turns back to me and goes because this is a fan this is a fan. You're going as a fan. This is a fan. He came here as a fan. He's, He's pointing a to you. He's holding me. Oh, okay. <laughs> and they're looking at me, and I'm looking, and I'm like, whoa. And I'm all like high from smoking blunts, which I don't smoke that tobacco mixture weed. I would never do that. It was just because that beat up dude was there. So I'm like rolling with it. And like, if that wasn't the greatest metal, if you're the number one heavy metal fan in the world, which I like to see my second, that's the shit. And just pounded it. Great story. And then just more. He's like, "Yeah, right there, that parking pass. And you want a shirt, and you want your uncle to go, and your cousin. It's five fucking ticket. I gotta fly the plane and fit a sarcophagus in it with this mummy." Like when he yeah, said, he's, the, rapped, "He's hilarious." Bruce when he said the word sarcophagus, like me and him almost stopped and like went. <laughs> 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 and then after the show, I kept going. I'm here's a fan. Yeah, so that's like my favorite. Sorry to go off crazy, but no, that's a great story. I, 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 Funny. I and it um, makes me even more pissed that I missed that show. But before we end, let's let's talk yeah, a, a little bit about Slayer. Go, what, yeah. What's that? No, I just said we went crazy that night. But uh, Slayer's just been a weird relationship because I'm kind of like them. I don't care. Let's let's what? It's a song about a concentration camp. What's the problem? Right. Do we? And also, do we have to tell you that Hitler's bad? We don't have to tell you or serial killing's bad. You didn't know serial killing was bad. It's just a song. We try to we write about isms around here. Mm. Satanism, racism, fun stuff. Sure. Addiction. So so and then I started when I knew that Jeff was a World War II buff and what his dad's history, I started going and finding weird shit like the papers. Where's your papers? And those papers with the Nazi stamp and the swastika and all that. And I'd give it to Jeff. Right. And then finally Jeff's just like, I love you, man. And like I, you know, I we ended up being friends. And even people in the Slayer camp are like, You talk to Jeff? Yeah. Oh yeah, I called him. I called Jeff the other day after he's done yelling at me. We talked about this idea that I have. I think it's pretty good. And they'd be like, wait a minute, you dialed this number and Jeff Hanneman answered the phone? I'm like, Yeah, you know. We need each other. Like, we got to talk about tanks and shit, submarines. So we just, then when I wanted to do stuff, like they hired this t John Bond, just how smart their management company is. It still has stupid bitches like that moldering bitch that does mass. What a fucking asshole. That Nick Johns was the greatest, the guy that died. You could just call him up and go, I want to come throw up in your office. Oh, it sounds great, EB. Yeah. Well, who is this? Nick John. Oh, okay. oh, yeah, I heard about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in the office for a long time. He was like the second in command. He got some cancer. But anyway, so um, like on that one, they're like, we're making our first direct-to-DVD thing. Well, how do you want to be involved? And they're like, I'll just do the whole thing. Then all of a sudden, it's like, well, we got Tony Bongiovi coming in. I'm like, Tony Bongiovi? That sounds familiar. It's John Bongiovi's brother. Brother, yeah. If you could just help guide him through your world, my like, guide it. This poor guy, you want me to guide this poor guy through my world? This is you not know? a Slayer show or a Mastodon show. No, this is Slayer's uh, War at the Warfield DVD. 
gold okay. selling DVD, their right. first, which is War at the Warfield, made at the Warfield. And then I made a thing called Fans Rule to go with it. And so then this did, was a while ago. This was uh, like 20 years. That's at okay. least 20 years ago. Just okay, that. Yeah. Gotcha. Then, then, so I'm like, all right, real smart. Rick Sales. Mm -hmm. What a fucking dick. Jackass. Who Tom Mariah doesn't even like. Like, so why do I have to like him? Yeah. So uh, Tom Mariah doesn't like him. I don't have to like him. So anyway, the guy, he hires this Tom, bon the Tony Bon Jovi, who's really cool guy, super cool and fun to work with. But he was almost like scared and fuck. This is the opposite of my world. And I got this show, this gig, but I really don't know what I'm doing. So we ended up doing that whole thing. It was a great project. Like I said, it went gold for DVDs, which is really pretty good. Um, and at the same time, they were starting to go, let's make a box set. And so I submitted all this stuff for the box set. And of course, that stupid Dino Paradis or whatever at Universal was like, these are crazy ideas. It, you know how I know they're crazy that they thought it was crazy? Because we'd have conference calls with Universal, Rick Sales office, and everyone. And then when I'd say, Oh yeah, I'm off the conference call, and I'd go, <laughs> they would all just start talking shit. This guy are you? Yeah, this guy's really crazy, man. And they're like, crazy. He's dangerous. Did you hear what <laughs> they happened? Fear you, dude. It was like, did you hear what happened at the Fresno show where him and the newly christened state championship Fresno University football team and him? Well, again, these are corporate guys. You, you got to remember, these are universal. My dad worked. My guys. dad. My dad worked at eighteen. But it's a different. Back in the eighties and the seventies, uh, nowadays all the record companies got corporate marketing guys from yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But why is that? But why? You know, okay, Wall so Street saying, working at record companies. If I bring you two million dollars and some executives, you. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm saying that's just how it is. No, yeah, you're right. I deal with these guys all the time. In but the eighties, when there was a record business, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you're you're talking what what year is this? About ninety? Uh, if you're talking the war, that was doing that particular thing. Yeah, so, yeah, but I mean, the last Slayer things I did were when they were going out to Coachella. I remember that box set. In fact, those Woodstock shows were, you know, who uh, dubbed all those uh, the, the the videos for that? Me. Carrie uh, King and uh, Stephen Craig used to come over to my house in the early cool. days because they were on the beta cam. The, yeah, they were done with the betas. Cool. My dad had a beta machine, so they would come over and they would watch. I had like the the, the Venom videos for uh, when when they did Bloodlust and yeah, yeah, yeah. The old Tank videos, and then all uh, you know I, back then before Venom and Metallica, like you know they got into that. You know, Carrie uh, was the biggest Judas Priest and. Black yeah. Sabbath was so we would have I had the Black Sabbath from the Heaven and Hell tour, the Black and Blue tour. And we would sit around watch shows and fold my fanzines, headbanger fanzines, because we always did features or these big ads on, on Slayer. So they would come over to him and Steven and we would dub these videos because this is when we started video trading because the uh uh you know we had the NTSC system. So people in Europe would pay back then a hundred dollars to convert them to PAL. Oh, yeah, right, right. There were such huge uh, Slayer fans. Yeah, but, but we didn't know. send out those uh, DVDs or the uh, but, but, DVDs. But also, remember. VHS, I should say. Remember, I'm just a fan. There's no yeah. aspirations of doing, like, professional stuff like what you do with the videos now. There's no – that's never been a one-minute thing. Like, if you look – if anybody goes and looks at, like, my greatest music ever created episodes, everyone on there sold a million. Like, every yeah, single yeah. person. 
but we don't really even talk really about that shit. We're talking about like aliens and drugs and you know yeah, yeah. fighting I've and all watched, that. Shit. I've watched many of them. But but now but I also had another life outside of that. You know, I was in marketing for years, just making up like slogans for people. How weird's that? That doesn't sound very metal. Then I was in the caving. I went to the top of caving for, with the yeah. service. That's awesome, dude. Um, then I have, you know, I I do volunteer work and, and trade sometimes in weird animals for zoos, find the right things. Um, so, so do I've people been, have a misconception about EB? Is there no. a big misconception about you? No. Huh? Misconception you're is a that. World traveler. The kill, you're, the the kill count. The kill count is lower. <laughs> you know, people are like, we killed this person and you know my you know what i did not ever dig up anyone's grandparents at the graveyard you know type of shit and you and you have impact one of the great things about knowing you is if there's ever a, a mutual thing and you've already heard me do it i think you heard said the other day i always go yeah bob now bandy and that shit the shit when he hit the school bus <laughs> I love that. Cooper's clocked him at like 48 <laughs> miles an hour and they hit the school bus, killing all the children. Not one of them was over seven years old. And that's fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Who's stick it in? And they're like, whoa, what? And they're like, they're, you know, people think like they don't get it. It's badass reputation. Yeah, but what, what, what am I saying? Like, it's so stupid. I, I don't, people, I listen to the shit. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, you know, like yeah, I said, yeah. when, then, I, then, I'm still trying to get over when you called me a, uh, uh, what but, was the actual the uh, uh, Dick Taskmaster? <laughs> That's why something I wrote or something. I don't know what but you get because people. This is how funny it is. Because people look like I, just Bob's really always been really cool, and you know he's a, he really enjoys his stuff. He's professional and cool and nice. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's fucking real nice. So you find the dead cat hung up in your fucking garage with love, Bob. Then it's then it's not as funny, is it? You know. No yeah. wonder I've been getting all this hate email. Oh yeah, yeah, all across getting, the world. Getting a bunch, but no, I, I don't think I'm, there's no misunderstanding. I owe everything a, a lot or a tremendous amount of my life to, you know, James and Lars and Kirk and Robert and Jason and Slayer and you know Joe Lopez and and folks like yourself. Um, you know, I would be doing, you know, I would just be out hunting without the. Yeah. I would just be listening to my. CDs because I think I'd still be the you know the fan listening to the uh, music, but I would have never been able to do these things and certainly not have people ask me to tell them the funny stories you know which I have too many of. Yeah, yes. well, dude, so, like yeah. I, as I say, like I've said and and will always say, you know, you we go way back. You're one of the last old school guys that still has not changed. And everyone's, I mean, we're all, you know what, in our, our mid to late 50s. I'm, I just turned 114. Well, there you go. To Sushla. The, but, you know, you, you are still the same. You still have the same attitude. You still have the same outlook. And I love that. Don't yeah, change. But you know, you know? Yeah, but you're here for a. I'm glad I got you on, finally. Yeah, but I you're know here people are going to go, dude, you got Braverman on your show. I knew that's like, plus, you yeah. know, the thing is that you're here for a short time. You know, so please have a good time. And while we're having a, trying to have a good time, realize we're on a rock. We're on a big rock right now. It's fucking flying through outer space, going like what? Is it seventeen thousand miles or twenty-seven thousand miles? There's a meteor shower tonight, showing one hundred and twenty golden 
things falling out of the sky if you want to go lay out in the desert tonight. Probably starting at about midnight for you astronomy fans. And no one on this rock, and I mean no one, Lars is probably one of the closer, but no one has ever figured anything out. Yeah. Well, in the words of Vivian, the keyboard player from Spinal Tap, have a good time all the time. Oh, my God. You're going to get me going on Spinal Tap, dude. <laughs> Personal friends of mine. Let's get out of here. Yeah. Good guys. Well, cool. Yep. And it's cool that you had such a close relationship to Jeff because I knew, like I said, all those guys from when they were a cover band. And Jeff was and Jeff was always a, a nice guy. He was into punk back then. He wasn't, you know, they were all... They were all, uh, you know, and, and Tom wasn't even that big of a metal guy. It was it, it was mostly a a, a carry that kind of you know yeah, yeah, yeah. charge of that, and it was you know it was a whole different thing. But you know, I I, I do recall when Jeff because I kept set because I was sending their tapes everywhere when they did the advanced tape, the, the the rough mixes of the albums, Show No Mercy, and the videos. We would send them to all the magazines: Ardshaw, Kerrang, yeah. Metal Hammer. Uh, you know, Metal Forces, Onfer in France, Metal Attack. And they would uh, all do huge, they all, dude, Slayer, give us more on Slayer. And I knew before their tour in Europe, and I kept telling Jeff, I go, dude, you guys are like huge in Europe. Wait till you go over there, man. Wait till this tour. And this was when they did some shows with like UFO and a few things. And just like, yeah, man, cool, man. Thanks. We appreciate all you do. But he kind of like, yeah, you know, we're, we're not that big out there. I go, dude. You guys are you guys are huge out there. You, and then I remember the only because this was the only time I really spoke with Jeff. And I remember after that show, after that tour, they came back. And this was this was their first European show. So we're talking still early eighties, uh, or, or maybe eighty four, eighty five. He came and we saw each other at the Woodstock. He and Tom came up to me like, "Dude, you won't believe it! How big we are in Europe!" And I'm like, "Dude, I've been telling you that." He goes, "Yeah, yeah I mean, right. it was crazy, man. Yeah, People cool. were yelling Slayer when UFO were playing. I mean, that's it was cool. insane. Yeah, so super cool. You know, yeah, it's. It, I mean, you, you know, worst thing ever in this. It's like embarrassing, but it's like a funny part of the joke is Jeff set up for fifty five hundred times to do a sit down thing with me. Him and Malcolm Young played this game with me my whole life. These two fuckers. The two number one. The bookends. The bookend of rhythm guitar playing and writing the best songs. These two fuckers. So anytime something was set, Jeff, something would happen. One night, I was even taking Jeff with me to interview Michael Shanker. And oh, wow. Michael's a loon. Yeah, I know. I've interviewed him many times. Yeah. <laughs> so they, yeah, actually, go they, check out the Shockwave video cats with Michael Schenker. That's probably the most sane. And people have said that. Wow. How did you get Michael Schenker in such a talkative, sane mode? And it was, I liked when you were talking to like John Stradensky and people right. like that. That's more interesting. Like those episodes of yours, <laughs> I, I like that more. But those guys, like, so my life in metal, even in the Slayer videos where you see Jeff talking, he right. was talking to Mark. So he would do it with Mark Paschke, like, well, I went to lunch, and they're like, oh, yeah. And he would never, it was like a joke to him, like, but we were going to get to it. Mm -hmm. And then just before we really ever finally <clears throat> did it, you know, he died. And then, like, the ACDC thing, Malcolm was already losing it during um, Stiff Upper Lip. That's why that black oh, eye. Wow. That's why that black ice was so bad. The, the one they did, that out. Well, I like some of the songs off that. The title yeah, track. Wait, 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 Malcolm had the shit laid out, and the song said, "Satan's coming to town. Uh, drink to death. 
Satan and drinking. Drinking and Satan together. Then then he's putting out, he's like, oh, we did this deal with Walmart. You know, don't be too fucking pissed. I'm like, what? And then the album says, rock and roll all night long. Rock tonight. Rock every song was rock. Yeah, every the song had rock. Alcohol or Satan or devil was taken out. And to this day, you can go to Walmart and get those for 99 cents. They have giant things of them still. Yeah, a rack of yeah, just black ice because they got all the shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And then I was like, well, you're losing, he, you, this dude's losing his cracker again. <laughs> like he did during. So um, tell us about Malcolm, how you got, because ACDC, even more so, they were one of those bands that really are not uh, very unapproachable, especially for uh, interviews or for press. Well, also, remember, also, all the ACDC people went to Metallica. So that was an interesting part of all this. Like Ian Jeffries, tour manager, uh, the manager, you know, like their manager got the back and black tape. Oh, we have some little songs. Would you listen to them and help us? You know, so Peter Munch got the back and black demo. Oh, we're talking way back. Uh, the, yeah, yeah. Right. So these guys are always been the And then when I'm starting to do my rock and roll journalism, probably like in 1984, I just asked somebody where they were staying. They said, well, they're staying at the Holiday Inn on 40th Street in Van Buren. So I just went over there and I was like, hey, who are these little kids? And I'm like looking down. Oh, that's the band. Like that little thing, that guy right there. Like this is like Malcolm Young and me together. Yeah. <laughs> so I, we, our, I, I never understood what the fuck he was saying, but his wife was really nice. Say, uh, oh, what's her name? Low, like it's a weird Linda, like low Linda. Mm. It's like her name. And um, so I just, it was just like that. And, I, and they'd be like, oh, and then after that, you know, I would be like, there's a really cool Mexican restaurant over here. We should go there. Or I know this funny thing or whatever it might be. And it just kind of, because there are a bit unapproachable and they already had the showbiz stuff in their minds before they made their first album from their brothers and cousins, sure. the band, the young gang, yeah. you know, and the easy beats and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. So they're already like show busied out when they're 12. So that, I think that was like, but I just kind of kept going. And I also didn't go, Hey, the concert was great tonight. Blah, blah, blah. This song. Will you sign my thing? Will you take a picture with me? I never did that. Like almost Amen. never. If I took pictures. It was of crazy shit going on. Not take a picture with me. So over time, it was almost like expected. Like, where are you? You know, I was hitting that Hell's Bell with a fucking sledgehammer before you even raise it up and before they start using the So platform. you're going way back during the uh, uh, Back in Black era. You no, no, well, it was. But I that Back in Black was like 1980, and I think I first right. started actually physically talking to them probably like four or five years later. Brian Johnson, I think, was on the cover of the second Loud magazine, maybe. Okay. Um, and, then I, and then in two seconds, I just figured out kind of like with – whatever bands well this guy's the whole band and these other people are just here so malcolm did every single thing like lars he was the lars yeah you know of course he's smaller than lars which one. Yeah. impossible <laughs> he wasn't quiet if you're sitting you know by some pool somewhere or at lunch he wasn't quiet you just yeah. couldn't understand what the fuck he's saying yeah but like these dudes like this guy andy batty who's in metalomania and many things he was angus young's guitar tech then he did James. Then he did Angus. So there's a big connection with Metallica and, and ACDC. Yeah, you know, like in like um, uh, what's that production manager guy that was always out with uh, with um, 
ACDC that ended up taking over the Metallica stuff. It's like their head, they, all these same people were there. So if you look in like the, you know, if you look in the, uh, let me see something here real quick for you. That'll right. kind of make you laugh. It's just like stuff. Check this out. You know, stuff sitting out. Jake Barry, like this. For those about to rock tour program. Right. I don't know if you need one of those. Hey, it's no, right I next. I was at that tour. I was at right. the pre. I was at the Black Highway album. to Hell tour. Black album for it. So anyway, if you go in here <clears throat> to the staffing, all these people worked for ACDC. Ian Jeffrey. It says tour manager. He was AC, yeah. ACDC tour manager. Then he was Metallica. <clears throat> Jake Barry, production manager. He did Metallica for many years. All these fucking dudes in here. So, um, you know, and the only people that have been with Metallica the whole time are someone you already mentioned, Zach Harmon, and then Mick Hughes. So yeah. those guys would also facilitate some of this bullshit we were talking about where I could just go to a Metallica show and take a napkin and a Sharpie and write EB e is outside. Uh, he's being detained okay. by the local fire chief, whatever. And then <clears throat> a couple minutes later, someone would come out and Zach Harmon or Mick Hughes gave me the stuff to start the shit. Here's tickets, working passes. That was like, give EB the working yeah. pass. What the fuck are you doing? I'm working. Like, I'll make death magnetic passes. I'll say working, 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 working. You know, then we had yeah. Steve Wig out there, who was Lars's assistant for like 10 years, <laughs> who actually ended up in a couple movies and stuff. And he finally was fired by Lars, but he came out of the So What gang. And then, so if I went to a show, I, I could just contact him. And sometimes they would I'll just say, check out those early issues. Yeah, but they would tell people like EB, like the thing you said, of course, we're going to take care of you. But if you could just leave it kind of mysterious of who did who, what, how you got in. And I'm like, what about these 60 people with me? Just kind of keep it on the down low, you know, James might. So there was times where I could be like, you would hear on the walkie talkies, <laughs> the planet of the apes guys having a barbecue on the outside loading ramp. Fire, fire and police officials are there. I'm like, the fire and police officials are here eating with me. But James would hear it on the open walkie-talkie on a crew guy's hip and then start going, what the fuck's he doing? Like, really? Instead of, I'm going to go out and eat <coughs> or whatever, you know? Like, first night of Death Magnetic Tour, we brought a big fryer and fried candy bars and Twinkies because we were at a state fairgrounds was where the show was. And Peter right. Mench came to that show. And this is another funny thing. Peter Mensch comes to the show. I was telling you about Back in Black and him doing Def Leppard. And now he has like sure. Volbeat and Shania Twain and the Red Hot Chili Peppers probably and shit like that. So he comes down to that show in South. It was so South. It was on the Mexican border. First night of Death Magnetic Tour. He sees me doing that. And he's like, can I eat some of those with you? I'm like, of course you can, Peter Mensch. I'm nothing. Do you see Metalomania? I've never met Peter. I've met, I know Cliff, but I've never. Peter usually doesn't come out to a lot of those shows, does he? No, 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 no. This is the first night. He thought it was important. He thought it'd be interesting. It's in a beautiful place. So anyway, he goes, hey, if I eat these with you, I have to work it off right now. I, my body is in a junkyard like yours, Mr. Braverman. And I'm like, it's my body. Look at me. Come on, let's go right now. He's like, just I'll eat one. Then I'm going to do some push-ups. Then I'll have another one. And I'm like, all right, cool. So he's, we're outside, and he has one, and he's doing the push-ups. And James is walking by, and he looks out, and he sees me standing over Peter Mensch doing push-ups. 
And he's like, what? What the fuck? He's got Peter out there fucking doing. He's drilling Peter. He's making him do push-ups out there. You all saw him. You all saw him. And like the show's like not even starting for like two more hours. And I'm like, and somebody comes up and goes, hey, James is getting weird again. I'm like, I'm, I fucking offered this guy some food, Mr. Mensch, my hero. Because I make fun of him too. Like there's a thing in Mattel made. Did I'm you like, offer James a hot dog though? No, it wasn't a hot dog. That's it was your problem. Oh, I, I did. He actually came by. He looked in the fryer. He saw us doing Snickers bars and candy bars and Twinkies, frying them in the deep fryer. He's like, you guys are fucking crazy. And it's like almost behind Lars's drum set. It's like an outdoor thing in a fair Indian reservation. Crazy. With oversold. It's like 30,000 30, people show up. And they did a radio show for a radio station that did not play Metallica, which I thought was kind of part of doing it like under the radar. One it's of like their KROQ doing that. Yeah, so under, so they do that. So that whole night, then, then during the show, the show's about to start and someone's like, hey, EB, you're a pig. No one's going to take this stuff out of the dressing room. You please just take it and, and give it to your friends or just have a fun time. And it was like all this fruit and cheeses and fancy ass shit. So I set up this thing and I was looking for a place to fucking set up. So I set up a little place between Kirk's guitar station and Lars's drum set. Right. And I sit down there and I'm a little snacks and everything. Join the concert. And, you know, James yeah. just turns around one time, you know, and he just sees me sitting there and I'm like, dude, this <laughs> cracker, you missed this fucking delicious cracker. And he's just like, and well, next like, time you invite me, EB, I'll, I'll, I'll join you for some fried Twinkies. No, but it's always fun because nothing ever happens. Though. In the end, it's like, what? Ha nothing happened. It's almost like they use me as a valve. I'm going to blow off steam right now. I can't really yell at anyone. Go crazy. Brayman's here. Because <laughs> <laughs> they know I love that attention. Again, you know, I like the universal monsters and Godzilla. See, there's this love-hate tension between you guys, too. I don't even think it's... I, don't I think it's going to... It's going to come closer. I love to the guy. There's no thing. If that guy called me up and said, dude, my toilet's overflowing and I need you to come over and help clean, clean it up and help me for free. I'd fucking be over there with my best fucking towels using my hat. Just fucking. Is this where the shit is on the floor? I got it. Is this enough? Shit, just shit on the floor. Alfred. Fuck the toilet. Yeah. So, so there's no, I just have to call. I think it's I get it. You know, things, yeah. Don, Rickles. I, Don Rickles, Don Rickles, it's, it's about the fun. They know I love them. I love Don Rickles. He told me to kill motherfuckers. I do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he just said it. A comedian like Don Rickles would it say whatever the fuck he wanted to say, and that's he what made him so great. If he was alive today, he still he would, jail, right? regardless. Yeah, he would, probably would. he probably would. Standing trial. Man, that's the thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, uh, so, don't go to jail, EB. I don't want to have to be. I they keep me like for four hours in the Air Force calls and goes, dude, we can't have him in there. He helps us get ghosts in planes. When we need a ghost in a plane, we call him. When we need a psychic, we call him. When we need an alien, we call him. When we need an angel or a demon, we call him. He can only be just, and also if he's in jail, he has that captive audience. He won't stop talking. It's free entertainment for murderers. So, yeah, that's not it. Well, we, we could go on forever, EB. I love you, man. Don't change. You are you are a one of a kind, Eric Braverman. And, hey, but uh, you know, I'm your default guy. Pleasure. If anyone ever, you know, it's like Jeff Absolutely. Pilsen, Jeff Pilsen's coming on, gets a fucking mystery <laughs> stomach ache, and says, "Whoa, I can't come on. I don't want to be throwing up. I will throw up on camera, 
without any problem. I can just start all right. Great. But um, yeah, you see me, my default guy. But the thanks all go to you and the people that are into your stuff and the people that watch your videos and cooperate with that. That's where the thanks goes because you do a good job and you're trying to be educational. Okay. And there's it's there's nothing but good to it. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate, so, I appreciate all the support. If you're ever doing one that you want me to do a segment, not a segment, but you can interview me in the because you know I'll yeah, have the problem one. is you'll never shut up. That's the problem. I don't I wouldn't know how to edit your segment. How could I edit a segment of yours into like 20 seconds? You have a third it's party awesome. come in and just go, this guy's still fire right here. We'll cut this. I like the thing he said about the wall, so we'll take that. Yeah. We'll work on something, definitely. I, I appreciate your it. Default. So when you're at the bottom, you're at the bottom right. of the bottom. It's like you and a fucking skeleton doesn't have a skull. Even it's just a skeleton. There's no skull set. Just there's no skull set. Just a skeleton at the bottom of the well. I can't get out. I will. will be there for you, man. And I will uh, definitely uh, hit you up again, Eric. I appreciate it, man. Appreciate all the support you've given to me over the years. And Angus Young fucking rules. And with that said, goodbye and good luck. And we will talk soon. Thank you for listening to the Shockwave Skull Sessions podcast. Subscribe and listen to all episodes by going to our pages on iTunes, Spreaker, YouTube, Spotify, and more. You can listen to all other episodes and access up-to-date information and news on the Shockwave Skull Sessions podcast by going to our website at www.shockwaveskullsessions.com. Email all comments, questions, and suggestions to shockwaveskullsessions at gmail.com.